Abundant blessings. This is Wynell Freeman, and welcome to my podcast. It's morning all day long. It's never too late for a fresh start. It's morning all day long. Let's talk. All of us are familiar with loss provoked mourning or grief, whether by death, divorce, relationship endings, job loss, health failure, failed plans, and the list could go on. Experiencing loss is extremely traumatic, whatever the cause. Mourning a loss is proper and it is the right, the legal entitlement for the mourner. A portion of our mourning process includes what we are all familiar with, tears. Tears. Here's a definition, my own definition. Tears are healing for the tears. T-E-A-R-S, tears are healing for the tears, T-E-A-R-S, that damage caused by something ripped or torn to pieces by force, tears. Tears, T-E-A-R-S, are healing for the tears, T-E-A-R-S, of the soul. When our souls, our mind, our emotions have been damaged by something ripped or torn to pieces by force, the damage that comes from death, divorce, job loss, and the list could go on and on and on. Tears, again, I'm going to read that for you again. Tears, healing for the tears of the soul. Those tears that are caused by something ripped or torn to pieces by force. In the midst of these situations, tears are the release and relief mechanism for the body because our bodies have not been designed with a compartment to hold grief. So there has to be release. To hold on to grief is the cause of much mental, emotional, and even physical problems regarding health that we are experiencing and seeing today. There are three types of tears, each having three layers. There are reflex tears, there are continuous tears, there are emotional tears. The first two categories perform the important function of removing debris such as smoke and dust from our eyes and lubricating our eyes to help us protect them from infection. 
their content is 98% water. Clevelandclinic.org says this, quote, Crying also happens for physical reasons to deliver nutrients and wash out stress-related toxins. And we cry for social reasons to communicate distress, sincerity, attraction, aversion, depending on the context. So tears are contextual. What they communicate is based on the circumstance. What they communicate is based on the circumstance. What tears communicate, they are contextual. What they communicate is based on the circumstance. Tears can also give us a psychic reboot, a fresh momentum, and help us continue in our motion. The article continued by saying the fluid that makes up your tears contains water for moisture and oils for lubrication and to prevent your tear liquor from evaporating. Your tears also contain mucus so they can spread evenly across the surface of your eyes. Plus, the mucus contains antibodies and special proteins for resistance to infection. How amazing God has made us. Oxygen and nutrients are also transported to the surface cells of your eyes by tears since there aren't blood vessels on your eyes. Emotional tears flush stress hormones and other toxins out of our system that potentially offers the most health benefits. Researchers have established that crying releases oxytocin and indigenous opioids, also known as endorphins. These are the feel-good chemicals that help ease both physical and emotional pain. Each tear consists of three layers. Three is the symbol of completion, which means to make whole again. That says to me that crying is restorative. It is key to making us whole again after physical and emotional hurt. Don't be afraid to cry. It's healthy. God created the body with emotions that have the ability to signal the brain to trigger tears. Let's look at tears in the Bible. The first recorded tears belonged to Hagar in Genesis 21 and 16. Many women followed her, shedding tears for a plethora of reasons. We can conclude that weeping in biblical times didn't demonstrate weakness or shame. It was a release of emotions brought on by whatever circumstances they were facing. Scripture records many instances also when men cried. Esau wept when Isaac gave his blessing to his brother. Jacob wept when he first saw his beautiful wife, Rachel. Joseph wept when he recognized his brothers in Egypt after being separated from them for that long period of time. Jonathan and David wept when they parted ways. Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet. And even our Christ, Jesus wept over the effects of sin and death. Later, he wept over Jerusalem. Ecclesiastes 3 and 4 tells us that tears are seasonal. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time allotment for tears. Psalm 30 verse 5 tells us weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So the tears are the portal that lead to the joy. Psalm 126, 5 through 6 says, when we sow in tears, we reap 
in joy. One virgin says, those who weep in joy while they plant will sing for joy while they harvest. Those who go out weeping, carrying a bag of seeds, they will surely return with a joyful song, bearing sheaves from the harvest. Those who shed tears as they plant will shout for joy when they reap. There was a strong connection we see here between tears and joy. Each are a part of the seeding and harvest for the next. Tears are also a form of communication. Weeping has tears with a sound. Weeping has tears with a sound. Weeping has tears with a sound. It's called wailing, wailing, weeping from deep, deep sorrow. Tears are a part of the irrigation of the soul. The soul, again, is the psyche, the the moral, emotional part of us, our mind, our emotions. Tears help to irrigate those areas. It supplies with water. It helps growth. It gives a supply. It's medicinal. It's medicinal. Tears are medicinal. They have potent healing properties. Tears are curative. Tears are therapeutic. Tears are an egress. They're an outlet for pain and stress. So we have to create a space for tears. I'm challenging you. As you prepare for your fresh start, cry intentionally. Cry on purpose. It's okay. Because stuck emotions are the open door to sickness and disease. Allow your tears to flow. Listen, often we cry at endings. But we have to remember that endings are always a sign of beginnings. The tears that accompany endings are often the moisture for the hard ground of the journey into the next. (laughs) I've heard people say, God is not moved by tears, he's moved by faith. I, I, I beg to differ. I believe he's moved by both because sometimes my faith is seen and heard through my tears. And if God can interpret my tears, then he is moved by what I feel as the tears fall from my face. So can I cry and have faith at the same time? Absolutely. 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 I am reminded that my tears matter to God, and so do yours. Psalm 56, 8 through 11 says, He bottles up my tears. My, my, my. That means he keeps record of every tear that falls from my eye. When Jesus joined the crowd outside the town of Nain and watched the widow weep over her son's body, the Bible said he had compassion. He was moved by her tears. When Mary fell at Jesus' feet over the death of her brother, Jesus wept. He wept. He cried along with her. Listen, weeping does not mean loss of hope. Jesus shows us he had compassion on her. And he spoke the word to snatch the widow son of name from death and to bring Lazarus back. He was touched by tears and then he wept with one that wept over the death of a loved one. 
Listen, God draws near to the brokenhearted, according to Psalm 147 and 3, and he binds up their wounds. When you are weeping, please do not believe that God has left you and he does not care. Mm -mm. He draws near to the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Tears and prayer got Hezekiah an extra 15 years when he had been told that he would surely die. God told Isaiah to deliver him a message in 1 Kings 20 and verse 5. He said, I have heard your prayer and listen, I have seen your tears and I will heal you. Not only was he promised healing, God promised to protect the city from the king of Assyria. God hears and sees and cares about your tears. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah 38 and 5, Hezekiah, thus says the Lord God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. It's a repeat. I have seen your tears and I will add 15 years to your life. The woman with the alabaster box shows us the power of tears and worship. So listen, there are seasons and times in life due to loss, due to pain, emotionally, mentally, due to death. Whatever the situation, tears are allowed. Don't play the hardcore, nothing moves me. Mm-mm. Release your tears. Cry over it. Take time. Intentionally weep. It is healthy, but you're not to stay there. There comes a time when you have to refrain from your weeping. Take time to do it, but refrain from your weeping and put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When the spirit of despair and hopelessness comes, and I should put on sackcloth and submit to the depression and the perpetual grief. Instead, sometimes while the tears of the, of the hurt and the pain are yet rolling down my face, I choose to put on the garment of praise. It may not stop the tears immediately, but the garment of praise helps me to grieve properly. It helps me properly release my emotions through tears as my praise of him keeps me balanced. My praise garment, my inner attitude has to have a perspective shift. So I'm challenging you. Cry, cry, cry. Get it all out of your system. Do not feel that you are faithless because you have tears. They have been given to you as a release, because as we said earlier, there is no compartment in you that God has designed to hold grief. It must be released. It's time for a new day, and sometimes our tears are what takes us in. We'll talk again real soon. Fresh start.